welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Did you know it was Pentecost Sunday? Got, Got lots of red going on, but one day a year that we can put the red up, so we just try to live that as loud as we can. While it's Pentecost, we're going back to Easter Sunday, all right? It's our last day in the lectionary year where we're going to go back to Easter Sunday because that's where the fourth gospel story talks about the reception of the Holy Spirit. So you've probably heard of Acts 2, probably familiar with that scene and that story, the story of fire and wind and people speaking foreign languages and people from around the world hearing those languages and understanding them and 3,000 people getting converted and believing in Jesus as the Messiah in Jerusalem. The coming of the Holy Spirit, each disciple is brought together. And I think sometimes our images are wrong. They're not helpful. Sometimes you've probably seen where there's just a single flame on people's head. Can you do that? Everybody do this. Yeah, that's just fun. I think the image should not be of individual flames on individual heads. What the scripture says is that the fire comes and tongues go to each individual disciple. But if just a tongue floating in the air, that's kind of weird. But tongues coming from one source, reaching out and connecting everyone back to that one source seems to be what Pentecost is all about, which is why all these different languages go out, because all the people can then join together, hear the one message in their language. They're not asked to learn the one language the one right way because there's only one way. No, God says, I'll come to you all where you are, bring you back together. Spectacular, amazing, inspiring, literally. Sometimes, though, many of the times, I can't relate to that event. Have you ever seen tongues of fire burst forth in a room? I've seen people's heads on fire, but not tongues of fire. It was not a fun experience. And I can't really relate to, to the sound of what must have sounded like a freight train. Maybe you have if you've been in a storm, but I doubt you were excited. Sometimes we expect to see things of the Acts 2 nature. But that's what we think God does, and that's all that God does, because we have a Bible filled with these stories. But remember, the Bible was put together and forged over thousands of years. Most of the time, God does not come in the spectacular, at least not as we might expect to define spectacular. So we have another story of what we refer to as Pentecost. Of course, Pentecost came 50 days after Passover, right? We're going to go back right after Passover in the gospel we call John, and we're going to hear the story of the gift of the Holy Spirit through John's perspective. Now, if we go back a few days prior to that, Jesus is having his last meal with the disciples before he's arrested. And he says this to them in chapter 14. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I'm still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Jesus is speaking with a room full of disciples who have no idea what he's talking about, why he's telling them all these things, right? It's Passover. It's a time of celebration. And then within 24 hours, Jesus will be dead. Within a few hours, he'll be arrested and beaten and betrayed and all sorts of other terrible things. And what do they do? They abandon him. He's arrested. They were afraid. They had trouble receiving the peace. So they cower and they run, they hide, and eventually they're back together behind a locked door, fearing the world beyond that locked door. And that brings us to today's message from John 20. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced, and when they saw the Lord, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. So this is the arrival of the Holy Spirit in John, and you may be thinking to yourself, well, that's kind of boring. No fire, no sounds, no eruption of people, no 3,000 hearing this news and proclaiming that it's true. Why bother telling that story in John's? We should just stick with Acts 2, right? But remember, this is the first time all the disciples, well, not all of them, Thomas isn't there. We find that out later. It's a bad rap. All the disciples who aren't Mary still think Jesus is gone. They haven't seen him yet. And now he's among them, suddenly behind locked doors. Have you ever had someone show up suddenly out of nowhere? It's not a comfortable feeling. Especially if it's someone who you just abandoned, who you just thought was dead. How, what did they think about in the days between Jesus' death and that moment before Jesus arrived? What would you think about being one of the disciples? How you left? How your friends suffered? How everything you thought life was going to be oriented around is suddenly gone? Wondering, have I been a fool? Were all the people around me telling me how silly I was to take on this new expression of what God was doing rather than following the old traditional way? Maybe they were right and I, I got duped. Jewish council's looking for me. I don't want to go out there. How am I going to get out? And then Jesus there. It says, peace be with you. And if the disciples had been good Methodists, they would have responded, and also with you, Jesus. But then he shows them the side. 
hands. And then they see who he is. And the fear goes away. And then they rejoice. And then Jesus says, peace be with you. And I kind of wonder if it's peace, peace be with you. No. But then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. It's the first thing he says. So the key to understanding, what's he getting at? Why that? Why does he say that? One way we can understand this is to think about, think back to the Old Testament book or what they would have just called the Bible, the scripture. Think all the way back to the book that we got reminded of in verse 1 of the gospel we called John when we heard those words in the beginning. Genesis. And then think about that Jesus breathes on them. The very first human beings received the breath of life from God. Now understand, when you say the word breath or spirit or wind... It's the exact same word in the Hebrew. It's the exact same word in the Greek. You can substitute one out for the other. You could call holy wind, holy breath, holy spirit. You would be biblically correct, however you chose to say it. So where the first humans received divine breath, so now the disciples do. Where the presence of God came to walk on the evening after those first humans had decided to serve themselves and treat themselves as God, They heard the sound of the evening breeze and they knew God's presence was among them. And so thinking about their choice, they go into hiding, just like the disciples. We're supposed to see these stories side by side. Where sin, which is the symptom of the deeper problem, idolatry, had held the world captive from the life God wanted to give, that God had envisioned for all people in all places, now Jesus, having broken the power, the captivity that sin had over us in our idolatry, Jesus now breathes new life, the breath of life, the breath of spirit, the wind of God into the disciples once more. New creation had burst forth from a garden tomb, we hear in John chapter 19. And then in chapter 20, it starts with the first day of the week, a new week, a new creation. And then later, evening of that day, the first day of the week, where our passage is. This new life, this creative power being given to the disciples through Jesus. It's a breath of life. And then he tells them what it means. He says, receive the holy breath. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. God is bringing forgiveness and new life to the whole world through the disciples who are going to be sent out to the world as Jesus was sent to them. It was always meant and described through from the very beginning of the Bible, that Israel was the elected people through which God would work through to bring the blessing and bring everyone back. And Jesus said it is finished, because that's exactly what it finished, that calling. So we can think back to Genesis and understand what John's trying to say. Peace is coming into the world. Right relationship with God once again. Peace his right relationship, you could just read it though. Wholeness is peace. Completeness is peace. Shalom is peace. Jesus' resurrection brings peace to the world. We can all receive this new peace. Amen?
We can all receive the wholeness. We can receive contentment in our souls. But we receive that so that we can go out to the world and bear it others. They may come to know it too. Now this story may not have the fireworks of Acts 2, but it has the same power. Does anyone here feel qualified to forgive or retain sins? If you do, I invite you to find someone who knows humility and learn from them. It is not me. Does anyone here believe the Holy Spirit can work through you to bring the good news of forgiveness to the world? You may be thinking, I don't know. Well, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. I like John 20 more than Acts 2. I can relate to John 20. It's more relatable to me that Jesus stood among the people who had abandoned him and doesn't say, I told you so. He doesn't say, what gives, Peter? Seriously, you guys were ready to die for me? And he just left as soon as the first bad thing happened. No, Jesus' first words are, peace. Be with you. And then again, peace. Be with you. And then he sends them and commissions them. He doesn't even make sure that they understand what they did wrong. He doesn't do any of that. It's more relatable. That sounds like Jesus to me. Picturing Jesus standing among them. Only peace. Picturing something as seemingly simple and uneventful as Jesus giving a long exhale. Because maybe that's what it was. He looks at them and... Maybe he just took a few breaths of stillness in the He's resurrected. He's sharing the exact same breath of life with them. Same air, the same power. He shared it. Now, they needed to think about what it means, just as we do. Amen? Maybe we think this faith is about pursuing the spectacular of Acts 2. I know many people in many churches that work long and hard to manufacture and create Acts 2 moments every single week. And if you go there, they're going to have the right lighting and the right music and the right sound and the right speaker. They're going to say the right things to get you going. And then you walk out of the church and you want to come back. We call it a spiritual high or a mountaintop experience. And they're addictive. Like other things, they get you high. You will come back again and again thinking that that's what it's all about. I don't think that's it. There's a true peace available to us through Jesus Christ. I invite you to just breathe and think about it. The same peace is available through us to the world. When we encounter the world around us, and seem chaotic and noisy, yes? There's confusion, there's fear, which is at the base of anger. It's all fear, running rampant. 
everyone has answers. No one's asking questions, unless they already know the answer. They're not. Imagine if there were people involved in every place, every conversation, every gathering, who knew the power of just stopping Very helpful Things get tense. How much good does it do when you just stop? Share a breath with you. When people are in disagreement about thousands of things and we invent things to disagree, how much peace would come? We just stopped. Two breaths for something. Those who have suffered great loss, those of you, you understand the power of breathing together with other human beings. You know that when people come with answers to make it all feel better, it never works. But if they'll just sit with you, stillness, breathe with you, healing. Being together and sharing breath, literally life-giving. In a hurting world that is so focused on idolatry, which we all struggle with. And there's a variety of things we struggle with, treating as idols. Our culture, our language, our clothes, the way we style our hair, flags and borders, money and status, or we idolize ourselves when we objectify other people for our pleasure. We have to drive the right car, have the right job. This goes on and on. We've come to know in this room of what truly brings eternal life, or what Jesus called fullness of life. Amen? We've come to know Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, our Lord, God, flesh. We've come to know it's Jesus who determines our value and our worth, not anybody else, not even ourselves. Our worth and our value comes from God through Christ. Amen? When we, together, we share breath, we are bound together in this union. We are bound together with each other. We are bound together with God. We are siblings in Christ. We are children of God. We are forgiven. We are on our way to being made whole. Because he breathes peace on us, into us, among us. We experience peace. Amen.
thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.